0: You're listening to Ottawa's Baseball Show. It's Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante and Mike Nellis on CKDJ 107.9, home of the Ottawa champions. Three-one pitch is hit on the ground to our third. past the diving lolly. And around third is Garza. He'll come home to score. What a piece of hitting. Coker's two for two and it's eight to one Ottawa into the
1: gap and this one's gonna fall down for a base hit. two runners come in to score and this is gonna clear the bases Matt Helms turning on the Jets going to third base and he's in with a triple three score champions lead oh my goodness 11 to 1 the score what a hit by Matt Helms Matt, Darryl goal. sends this one this one's way out of here yeah, See you later. as Art Charles takes Daniel Cordero deep as he left a fastball in the inner half of the plate. And our Charles, we've seen it all series, can really swing the bat and we know how much power he has, Mike. Back at the track, the wall, and gone. Back-to-back home runs. For the New Jersey Jackals, as Art Charles sends one into right and Corey Vaughn sends one into left. And Mike, this is probably one of the best one two punches in terms of power in the Can Am League. As I said before, here's Cooper. With runners all over the base paths. Runners going the 3 2 pitch. And this one swung on a towering ball to left field. Matt Helms is going to watch it sail into the seats. A grand slam by Dustin Lawley. And I don't even know what to say. As three home runs in the inning. Lays it down on the right side. Charles is in and he throws it away. Game
0: over. Kenny Bryant is in the score. And an error wins the game for the Ottawa Champions.
1: Welcome to the May 28th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. Ottawa's new music. And of course, the Ottawa Champions uh play all their games here. On uh, CKDJ 107.9, you can catch all their games here on CKDJ 107.9. And, of course, uh, the champions have been struggling so far this season. The only two wins that they've had to this point have been uh, walk-off hits, the walk-off home run in the home opener, and in the, in the walk-off, uh, I guess you could say, air, as Kenny Bryan scored from third in, in game five of the series against the Jackals on uh, Monday afternoon. The champions... Um, have struggled as of late. They're now they are now two and six on this young season. Uh, but this show is not only about the champions. Uh in this specific show, this we're gonna have uh in our next segment, we're gonna bring on Taub Steve to kind of take a break uh from the Ottawa Champions talk just for a little bit. Talb Steve's gonna come on and talk about the Blue Jays struggles and how he's looking for them to bounce back uh, you know, with their bats going into the season. He actually wrote a really nice article on sportsnet.ca about how the Blue Jays were sitting at the same spot last year than they are this year. Pretty much at the same record, and they put on a huge performance. Actually, he mentioned in the interview that they had a 690 winning percentage after this point, which is extremely high and very hard to do twice in a row. We'll get his take on that in our next segment. Following that, we're going to have David Gourley for about 25 minutes as he's going to join us uh, to talk Ottawa Champions Baseball, the brand itself, how it's very appealing, what kind of promotions they're going to be doing this season as he has done a great job in the community. He's also going to be telling us about his background himself, how he collects tons of baseball cards. He's a big Roberto Clemente fan. And also how David kind of brought the idea to Ottawa and how he kind of came up with getting that local baseball flavor in Ottawa and, and how to attract kids and the whole bunch. We're going to have two segments in him with him In our third and fourth segment that's here in Around the Diamond, then following that, I'm going to do a quick recap on the Ottawa Champions press conference where they introduced the two Cuban players, Donel Duarte and Alexander Mileto, who were two legends in Cuba and played for the national team. So these are big names, folks, that are coming to Ottawa. But before we get to that, I I, uh, had a chance to sit down with Jason Coker after uh, the big walk-off win against the Jackals in Game 5 on Monday afternoon where he registered his first Major League hit. Of course, he's been pitching throughout this whole week. He's been pitching, he's been hitting. Finally gets his first Major League hit. We're going to hear his take on getting his first Major League hit and at bat. That's coming up right now. Following that, we're going to have Talib Steve here on Around the Diamond. But first, here's the interview with Jason Coker. Joined here with Jason Coker after a big win in extra innings for the championship before going on the road in Game 5 of the series against the Jackals. Let's start off with your first career hit. How did that feel?
0: felt good. Uh, it goes down as a line drive in the book, um,
1: so I'll take it any way I can get it. And uh, I guess, I mean, how did it feel to get the, the hit? You know, you know, you get the ball, oh, yeah. did you keep the ball? What, what happened after that?
0: Yeah, um, Skip asked for them to throw it in, and Van Kirk uh, rode on it first hit in the date and put it in my locker for me. That's... That speaks volumes for my teammates there uh going out of the way to do stuff like that for me it felt great just kind of got the monkey off the
1: back a little bit and uh, none of us really saw what had happened when you you know fell on the ground and uh, did you kind of trip over the, the bag out. or what no, happened on no. that play
0: I, uh, I stepped on someone's uh, foot and my ankle just rolled in so um Chuck got me taped up tight and was able to finish out the rest of the game there
1: is this the craziest game you've ever played in
0: it's one of them it's definitely up there um Any game that goes into extra innings has that little bit of wildness to it, and, uh, you know, errors kind of put the teams in the position to be in extra innings, and then an error wins the game. Uh, It was a great bump by by Erie, but, you know, the throw got away a little bit there and uh, allowed us to get the victory. So, um, you know, great job by by the whole team. It's a full team
1: win there. After the Jackals showed no, uh, you know, the motto never back down and it's never open until the fat lady things you guys did the same thing how did it feel to win a game in the way that it ended
0: uh, well, it feels great uh, anytime you walk away with a W it's a really good time um, it speaks volumes to our, our, our crew here uh, with the champions that you know we never once backed down ourselves uh, we didn't let it, them score 10 runs in the inning bring us down we kept our energy up and
1: we were able to come out with a win today and that's what baseball is all about and uh, I guess going into the next series, uh, you're going to have a chance to play quite a bit. And what are you what are you going to do personally and as the team, speaking from 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 your voice, uh, to win to you know come back home on a winning record?
0: Oh well, it all starts with uh, you know our pitchers throwing strikes like they do every day. Um, hitters making sure that we're taking care of our business and uh, picking our teammates up with at bats, making plays behind guys. Um, Playing hard, hard nosed baseball like we do every day and what we work on. So, uh, if we do those things, we'll, uh, we'll come back. And come back to you Thank you very much, and best of luck on the team. Hey, thanks, guys.
1: Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079, home of the Ottawa champions. Let's get to the phone lines here. Sponsored by Sambat, the world's original ba- maple bat corporation since 1997. Today, I'm very pleased to bring on Tao, Steve Blogger, on Sportsnet.ca, where he covers the Blue Jays and makes his first or an appearance around, on Around the Diamond. Since the first week of the MLB season, Tao, how are you doing?
2: Doing well, thanks, Dante.
1: And, of course, to start things off, uh, I'm looking at the ALE standings Uh, at this point and the Blue Jays are sitting at third Baltimore and Boston or Boston's leading the division with Baltimore sitting second uh, behind them you wrote an article on sportsnet.ca about how the Blue Jays were at kind of the same point last year than they were this year and you did mention to me that you know they have to pull some heroic stats and you know go to different measures if they want to make the postseason this year where are the Blue Jays at in terms of uh, you know maybe making the postseason at this point
2: Well, I I, I think one of the things in the article that I pointed out was that, um, you know, the the Blue Jays last year, even when they weren't playing well, they still had a positive uh, run differential. And so
3: Mm.
2: you could get a sense from that, that they were actually a better team than than the results were showing. Uh, In terms of this year, uh, coming into, into, well, I guess they might be above – uh, they might be above zero in terms of run differential at this point, but uh, after the win uh, last night. But you know, it, it just, I just I think that they played like six twenty ball from uh, this point of the season onward last year, and um, that's actually that's pretty exceptional. And to expect them to play that. Uh, well for the rest of this season given what we've seen from them so far it it might be an odd expectation or or maybe not necessarily what we should expect from them
1: yeah and also at this point I look at you know some of the Blue Jays hitters and I think I believe that uh, the only two hitters that are hitting over 270 is Justin Smoke and Michael Saunders you know Last year, Josh Donaldson was hitting a a 300 at this point. Jose Bautista was hitting, you know, 250, 260. The Blue Jays offense hasn't been there at times when they needed it, but their pitching has been very good so far this season. And especially Marco Estrada to this point, who's supporting, you know, a a 2.76 ERA uh, in this young season.
2: Yeah, the starting pitching has been uh, really pretty uh, exceptional so far. Um, I think that, uh, between Estrada, uh, uh Strowman, certainly, um, and, you know, I, basically the entire, uh, starting staff save for, you know, the, the, the odd start by Dicky, mm-hmm. uh, have been really good. So, um, the, the bullpen less though and the bullpen I think uh, has been a real struggle for them you know I think that there's is, there is some positive uh some positive notes to 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 be heard from what you're seeing uh with the starters
1: yeah and now that you do mention the bullpen you know I read an article that ross adkins says that drew Storen is available on the market of course you don't really know what team would want to pick a guy up who has a 780. ERA in this season and has not pitched very well to this point. His velocity's dropped a little bit. He can't find the zone. His pitches aren't sinking like they used to when he was in Washington. Do the do the Blue Jays trade Drew Storen going into the trade deadline?
2: Well, I think that they would probably not get much back for him at this point. I mean they would just be dumping him to to get him off the roster if they were to move him at this point. So, I mean, I think that you can drop him down in terms of the leverage that you use him in and see if you can't get him back on track and get him to start working his way back. But uh, at this point, I just don't see what sort of value uh, would be attributed to him by somebody else. I don't know if somebody else thinks that they could fix him or if they see something that he's not doing well with the Jays, that they know that he did previously well with the Nationals. So, uh, you know, I, I, in terms of an asset, I, I I don't know that he's much of one um, Mm. filling out bullpens is always difficult. So, you know, if the Blue Jays are going out looking for something at this point, they're looking for someone who's not unlike the and that he's a project and he's, someone who uh, they would need to to work with to get, uh, to get him back on track and hopefully helping them.
1: Yeah, and you know that now that we do talk about store and you look at the trade that the Blue Jays made and Ben Revere hasn't really played up to the standards that Washington, you know, hoped for from him. He's been injured for most of the season and in his 20 games with Washington, he was hitting under 200. So the trade doesn't look that bad. Now that we look at it right now, do you think, you know, some Blue Jays fans may think, oh, I wish we kept Ben Revere on this team?
2: Well, I think that there was a bit of that, and especially, too, with the way that the offense has sort of sputtered and struggled. And, and, you know, I think because of the role that Ben Revere played with the team, uh, people ascribe a lot of additional weight to someone being the leadoff hitter and uh, what Revere did down the stretch. And, you know, I mean, we might have seen the best six weeks of Ben Revere's career here in Toronto It's uh, certainly not seeing it uh, um, in Washington this year. So um, yeah, I, 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 I do think that there is a tendency with the fans um, sometimes when someone gets traded away, they remember the good things about the people who are traded away, but they don't really follow up. You know, like for instance, Jesse Chavez isn't having a great year either, but yeah. Liam Hendricks has just been awful. Uh, you know, to this uh, point. So it's just, it is human nature and that's just sort of the way that uh, I think fans can be. And, and part of it is just a matter of venting, you know, I mean, uh, cause there's plenty of frustration to go around with this year's
1: team. Yeah. And Devin Travis makes a, you know, he he's played two games now since returning from the disabled list. He's two for eight uh, in those two games, of course, going one for four, uh, in the g- two games that he played with against the Yankees. Of course, now that Devin Travis is back in the lineup, he's hating eighth. uh, what are the blue Jays expect from him as far as performance? Is he going to be a boost of offense uh, for this club going forward?
2: Well, I'm not sure how much they've put in terms of expectations on him, but certainly I think that the, there is a sense that he can offer them more in, in offense than, uh, Ryan Goins has, mm-hmm. uh, this year. Um, uh, Goins, uh, it hasn't looked very good at all at the plate. Uh, Darwin Barney had a nice start, but he has really come back to essentially being Darwin Barney. And uh, so I think that you know there there is an expectation that um, that Travis can be uh, you know at least a league average second baseman, if not maybe a little bit better than that. Uh, you know he's got a couple of hundred uh, uh, at bats under his uh, under his belt. You know, the, he's young. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but he does have some, and he's done well in the experience that he's had. So, I think for the Blue Jays, they just want to hope that he can come back, be healthy, and uh, and and stay in the
1: lineup. Yeah, that's Tal of Steve joining us here on Around the Diamond. Of course, I want to shift over uh, to the Blue Jays. Farm system, as Russ Adkins, the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays, pointed out, that their farm system is very poor at this point, and he would like to upgrade in that category. Of course, Alex Anthopoulos had traded away most of his minor league prospects and depth down there for David Price and and the likes of that in Tulowitzki and the likes of uh, that team last year. You look at the Blue Jays prospects. Anthony alford is their number one. What do you see in the Blue Jays outfield prospects uh, to this point?
2: Well, uh, they're uh, you know they're they're athletic types. Uh, there are guys who uh, I think were, were drafted based on that athleticism and, and, um, with a hope that they would develop some of the baseball skills. Uh, I think that Anthony Alford really made a big jump forward last year, but, uh, this year, at least to start, I think he was injured and, and there was, um, uh, he, there was some struggles, I think, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, after the injury. um, you know, I, I guess being honest, I don't really know what the uh, what the philosophy is of the organization in terms of how they develop specific position players. Okay, I I just think that one of the things that um, you know. I, Atkins and and uh, and Shapiro, Mark Shapiro as well, uh, aren't wrong about it, is that the the system does need to be replenished. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do need some additional, I guess, high end prospects in there because within the next few years uh, there is going to be a little bit of a shortage for them in terms of uh, talent. So. But I think that that'll be something worth monitoring with this new front office, and certainly a front office that, in the past, has been very much oriented towards player development, and that's something I'm not sure that the previous uh, front office always held. Um, at the they, they certainly wanted to acquire uh, minor leaguers and, and uh, draft them and bring them in, and and but I'm not necessarily sure. Um, that we always heard a lot in terms of what they were planning on doing with them once they
0: got
1: into the system. Yeah, you're right about that, Tao. because Mark Shavire in his past with the Cleveland Indians always had that mentality to build within the system, and that's what I guess he's bringing over to the Blue Jays with bringing Ross Atkins around. And so maybe now that you look at the roster, uh, Tao, what do you think the Blue Jays would have to give up in order to try to acquire some pitching uh sorry, maybe not some pitching prospects but just some prospects in general to upgrade that farm system
2: well i mean you kind of trade backwards when you do those sorts of trades so uh if you're looking to get young then you trade veterans. and so i think the primary people that you would be looking at would be but jose batista edwin Encarnacion, um you know if the uh, the Jays fall out of the race completely before uh, mid-July, then that might be a conversation that they have, where they ask uh, those two players to waive their no-trade rights that they uh, that they have. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that you have to look at guys who have, who are veterans, who are who have some value to them, who maybe have some term on their contract. You know, uh, possibly some of the pitchers, although. Um, I don't know why you would trade a, a year or two that you have of J-Hap or, um, uh, or Mareco Estrada under contract in order to uh, to, to fill the system. But,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I I, I guess the, the question is whether or not if they want to replenish the system in one year or do they feel as though that they can do it uh, over a couple of years and 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 uh, whether or not if that's just by acquiring other people's prospects or if there are other ways that they can go about it.
1: To have Steve joining us here on Around the Diamond. and Of course, I saw this one kind of quote on Twitter that said, uh, and of course on Bleacher Report from the Toronto Blue Jays Twitter, that said, can we start to make the comparison from Osuna and Mariano Rivera? What are your thoughts on that statement?
2: Well, I really hope given the excellence that we've seen out of uh, Osuna this year, I really hope that people want to see him go out and pitch nine innings at a time that way, as opposed to just one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Osuna has been has been great. I think he's a very different pitcher from Mariano, uh, yeah. frankly. So, um, I think in that he's got an arsenal. He's got a number of pitches that he can come out and throw. And, and I think that it behooves the Blue Jays to find a way to make him uh, a starting pitcher where I think he'll have a lot more value to the team uh, going forward. And uh, to that end, if they want to let him get up to 80 or 90 innings or 100 innings this year and pitching some two-inning saves or pitching some additional times out of the bullpen or maybe even a spot start down the stretch, absolutely I would love to see that because I think that uh, where he would fit them the most would be as a starter
1: in the long term perfect so uh with that being said we're going to wrap things up here tau and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show of course you can follow him on twitter at Tao steve for uh i guess all breaking news on the blue jays and you can read his article at sportsnet.ca and go look at uh, his stuff tau we uh, appreciate you coming on thanks okay thank you that was Tao steve from sportsnet.ca Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Taubsteve and read his articles at sportsnet.ca. Steve is the author name, of course. Coming up next, we're going to welcome David Gourley, the president and co-owner of the Ottawa Champions, to talk about some recent moves as the champions have made in bringing in the two Cubans. And of course, the importance of the Ottawa Champions in terms of local baseball in Ottawa. That's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079, sponsored by Sandband, and of course the only place in Ottawa where you can listen to to every single Ottawa Champions broadcast now is the moment that everyone's been waiting for, because I am very happy to welcome Ottawa Champions president and co-owner David Gourley to the show. How you doing, David?
3: I'm good, Dante. How are you?
1: I'm doing excellent, and uh, I guess the season's been pretty short so far. Um, how are you feeling with the team going forward? So, uh, um, you know, they're two and six right now. But uh, what are you thinking? So, uh, at this point?
3: Well, I, you know, I, I think the record's going to even itself out, and then we're going to go well above 500. Lanier is such a great manager. We got wonderful coaching staff. You know, we, I think every team that it comes together for the first time, and as you know, three quarters of our team are new. So the guys are really finding that chemistry, finding a winning ingredient. We've made some changes already, and the season is only, what, a week and a half old. Mm -hmm. So uh, the fans have been very engaged. I'm really excited by their reaction to the product we have on and off the field. We had just over 15,000 people, or tickets sold, I should say. In our first five games, so I think uh, it's looking really good for the for this season.
1: Yeah, for sure, and of course, in our next segment, we'll, we'll talk all about uh, the champions, and and we'll get to towards the the Cubans coming to town. But I just since you've never been on me sh- on my show before, I want to you know maybe get a little bit of a background check on yourself. I guess maybe four years ago, you kind of had the idea of bringing a baseball team to Ottawa. How did this really start to get the champions here in Ottawa? And how was it important to get that local baseball flavor to make baseball grow in Ottawa, in the area, of course?
3: Sure. Well, I appreciate you asking that. Absolutely. So it was about four and a half years ago, actually, that I I read randomly, actually, in the news, that the city of Ottawa was interested in having a, a new professional organization play it the ballpark so i approached uh, city hall i approached the mayor and some counselors and i said look uh, we we really need to get this right we've had a few false starts Mm -hmm. and let's call it for exactly what it is those were false starts in the past um, because they really did not um, fully mobilize community partnerships and that's the idea of having charities and businesses and community organizations our local recreation uh, sector uh, baseball amateur baseball little league organizations involved and I, I don't mean they're just supportive I mean they're actually investing in the concept of having a new professional organization that they feel uh, a soft ownership uh, commitment uh, that they feel part of the process and then when the, when the team takes the field for the first time all those partnerships are in place we're not putting a field on the team and hoping for the best So I started an organization called the Champions for Ottawa Baseball. Mm -hmm. We did a season ticket deposit drive. We built, as I say, partnerships with the business community, with um, charities, sort of the local organizations around the ballpark because, of course, the first rule of baseball business is, you always want to get that walk-up walk in, up crowd to avoid people driving to the ballpark. So we, we, we did a lot of work locally around the ballpark to make sure that people understood that a team, the potential of a team, what it would do to the area from an economic standpoint. All of that work culminated in Miles and I meeting. Uh, in uh, I guess that was in early 2014 after we'd gone through a process to secure a Double A Blue Jays team, which didn't work out because yeah. the economics were not quite there. And in I think it was June 14th, 2014, uh, Miles and I announced the Ottawa Champions, and here we are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember you know while I'm, I've always been a huge baseball fan in Ottawa, and when I was growing up, um, you know I wasn't really paying too much attention to the Lynx. I was you know I went to maybe three Fat Cats games. And mm-hmm. then when I found out and I read in the paper one day that uh, New Hampshire Fishercats were coming to Ottawa. And, of course, current Ottawa Blue Jay Brian Van Kirk was on that team. And I and I had known so many of their double A players and I was very excited. And then when that fell through, I was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a little bit down. But now that we do have a professional team and it's really nice to know that the, the baseball community in Ottawa is growing along with the team here in Ottawa as well.
3: Absolutely. And and we we ensured that, you know, again, from a charitable standpoint, we we created, I helped co found the Miracle League of Ottawa, which, of course, is a fully accessible baseball diamond for kids with special needs. There are over 4,400, 4,500 kids in the community with special needs, and they were not fully able to enjoy the game of baseball. They were playing it on a traditional, you know, grass and surface, so we 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 facilitated a, a a an opportunity for them to truly enjoy baseball barrier free without risk of harm and injury, and we opened up that field last year. That's part of our narrative. That's part of our story of growing baseball. Uh, the work that I've done and I will continue to do over the years will be very much focused on growing that that baseball brand, that baseball product, and that is reflected purely by the Ottawa champions and the partnerships we have with Little League, with Amateur Baseball, with the Miracle League of Ottawa, and with other organizations that are that are involved in sports. We're talking to the City of Ottawa about being involved in uh, potentially the Canada Summer Games in 2021, and then we have a 10-year lease with the City uh, for the ballpark. We have Light Rail coming through in 2018, mm-hmm. and we have, of course, the All-Star Game next year. This is really about establishing those long-term uh, business business commitments as well as securing the fan base
1: it's david Gorley joining us here on around the diamond and david i want to ask you about how you fell in the in love with the game of baseball not only baseball in general but local baseball here in ottawa to strive mm-hmm. forward in building such a great organization in the champions and and everything you've done in the last two years
3: yeah, well, all the work I do for the champions is, of course, motivated and inspired by my love for the game. And I'm—I'm am was born and raised in Ottawa in the West End. I live in Canada now, where I was—I grew up. And uh, I really, uh, it's just a game of of pure perfection, in my my humble opinion. It's a very romantic game. I was an Expos fan growing up. I was a huge Expos fan, Gary Carter and Tim Wallach and Tim Raines. uh, We're really hoping to see Tim get into the Hall of Fame next year. Yes. You know, it's just, uh, it it was an opportunity for me to marry my love for for my home and and my love for the game of baseball as my my favorite sport. It sounds a little corny to say it, but at the end of the day, I just, I saw an opportunity to make a difference. I've always believed, Dante, that baseball uh, as an entertainment service in the city of Ottawa is is a public service because any city, any municipality has the responsibility of providing their residents, in addition to snow clearing, in addition to all the municipal services we're accustomed to, they have an obligation to make sure that there's fun, family, affordable entertainment. People need things to do. Yeah. And that's exactly what our business model is as we grow this footprint over the years.
1: And, and, David, when you put this team together last year, how did things kind of fall to place in acquiring a guy like Sebastian Boucher, who is a local talent, of course, helps grow the brand here in <laughs> Ottawa, knowing that you have someone that was, you know, grew up in this city or a little bit outside the city, but nonetheless spent time here. And then you went out and grabbed a guy like Hal Lanier to build that core group of guys around. How did that really come into place last year, uh, David?
3: Well, it, it, that's also thanks to Miles. Uh, Miles, of course, is, is the other side of the ownership equation and a huge piece of it. I mean, he's responsible for the Japanese coming for the second year mm-hmm. in a row, and, and, and the Cubans, Sebastian Boucher and Hal Lanier, were no-brainers. Uh, Seb, for the local connection. If we're going to be a true community team, we need to have at least one player from our from our area. So that's why I'm so happy not only to see Seb, but Jason is with us as well this year. Yeah. Uh, he lives in Barhaven so for for us uh boucher is not only a fantastic hitter he's a clubhouse leader he was born and raised in gatineau has a business over there in the baseball industry he's now raising a a family with his wife and and kids in uh in orleans and and he is a great baseball player (laughs) and he's got a great story (laughs) how Lanier? i mean where do i start i mean nl manager of the year brings a real respect for the game and, and fans love him uh the stories he has uh about baseball, about coaching and managing, our, our first class, and he's such a, a wonderful asset to us as we, as again, we grow uh, that momentum for our product in the community.
1: And now that you do mention Hal Lanier, I remember a while back you you uh, you mentioned uh, Hal Lanier on Twitter about that game when I think he was the first base coach with the Cardinals, and you were watching it on MLB yeah. Network. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember exactly how how that went, but uh, what happened in that game that made it so significant in Hal's career?
3: That was, I believe, the 1982 World Series. He was coaching first for the St. Louis Cardinals, and they went on to win the World Series. And uh, Hal has had so much exposure and experience to some of... You know, any player, any coach, those seminal moments in their career, they just hope to not only get on the field and at, at the show, as they call it, and play the game and enjoy the game, but then they get to go to the playoffs and then they get to go to the World Series. I mean, that, that is the ultimate, ultimate pleasure and joy for any professional athlete, whether it's a Stanley Cup or a uh, World Series or whatever it may be. Uh, so, And how, how has all of that he was he was a, a you know a, an infielder playing for the Giants with Willie McCovey and Willie Mays. <laughs> he played against Clemente and he has great stories about Roberto Clemente, a legend not only in baseball but in American history and and his entire story, which by the way there's an Ottawa angle to that story. Clemente played in Ottawa and not many people know that, but history is such an important part of our connection to the community and how it's just such a, a wonderful asset again for us to have and, and the connection he has to Major League Baseball.
1: I had no clue that Roberto Clemente had played in Ottawa, uh, David, and now that you do bring up Clemente, uh, you apparently are a big baseball card collector and you, you love Roberto uh-huh. Clemente. Um, talk about that passion a little bit as and why you, that brought you towards collecting baseball cards.
3: I've been collecting baseball cards since I was 10 years old, and uh, I don't mind admitting to the audience I'm now in my mid-40s, so that's quite a long time, and uh, I've got them all catalogued and in binders. It drives my wife absolutely crazy. I still collect them today. Uh, y- every year I usually collect one or two sets. Uh, Roberto Clemente is, is a legend that lives larger than life, uh, primarily because of his fantastic career, how he hit uh, his 3,000th hit on the yeah. last day of the season in 72, and then he tragically died providing uh, aid to uh, to uh, an a earthquake-stricken part of Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he didn't even arrive to Nicaragua. The plane crashed into the ocean. Um, just a wonderful spirit and a wonderful story. And Roberto Clemente came to Ottawa in 1954 and played about four games. Over the winter, I, I collected all the box scores from the 1954 Ottawa Journal because history we're going to celebrate the history of baseball in Ottawa next year during the All-Star Game as well as the history of baseball in Canada. And I want that story to be told. Yeah. Clemente played for the Montreal Royals because the Brooklyn Dodgers tried to hide him from from all the other teams. So they had him playing very, very. Um, uh, they hardly had him playing at all um, to hide him from other teams. And and he came here a few times. He didn't get a lot of hits. Um, he was 19 years old. Okay. Um, a lot of people talk about him playing for the Royals, but he came here to play the Ottawa Athletics. And so the baseball card collection that I have is just a, a real passion of mine that allows me to kind of transfer my energy for the game to, through the cards.
1: And before we wrap this wrap this segment up and then keep you on for for the next mm-hmm. segment, David, I want to now that you do talk about Clemente, a lot of people do say that Roberto Clemente is the best hitter of all time, based and not only from what he did on the field, just from what he did off the hill, field. Probably one of the best players ever. Would you say that he's the best hitter of all time?
3: I really would Dante, and of course i 'm biased because i I just admire him so much, but you know he he had significant injuries during his career, and he still was a phenomenal hitter. Yeah. He had chronic back problems due to an um, a car accident when he was much younger and he the resilience and the motivation that that man had they they say a passion burned in his eyes every time he was at bat every at bat was a Was a serious at bat for him. He never threw away a single at bat, and there's a lot of there's a lot of lesson there for
1: that. Absolutely. And uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap up this segment, but we're going to keep David on, coming into our next segment after a quick commercial break here on 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 around the diamond on CKDJ 107. Hi,
0: this is Billy Horn from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to Ottawa Champions Baseball on
1: CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music and home to every single Ottawa Champions game. Once again, we're happy to be joined with David Gourley here on around the on the on the phone uh, for our second segment with him, and of course, uh, David, you brought your daughter to the ballpark the other uh, the other day, and how was that experience to kind of bring her uh, to the ballpark and watch a, a live Champions game?
3: Uh, I've been waiting to do that since she was born about two weeks after the season ended. Uh, phenomenal timing, actually. <laughs> so, uh, Sophia was born on September 22nd. I think our season last year ended uh, over the Labor Day weekend. So, I've been waiting eight months for this. And it was, I, I I'll admit, it was emotional. Uh, you know, it was a wonderful moment for me to bring Sophia there. We we actually put her on third base and got a great photo of her. And, and she was a little intimidated, of course, by all the, the sights and the sounds and the noise. But uh, she will be a permanent fixture at the ballpark for years to come. So it was wonderful.
1: And, of course, uh, David, the uh, two Cuban players that the auto champions did bring in, Alexander Mileta and Donel Duarte, of course, I'm going to be playing that uh, full press conference in our final segment here on Around the Diamond. But uh, let's talk about uh, bringing in the two Cuban players uh, to the Ottawa champions. What does this mean to the community itself, getting two big names in Ottawa?
3: Well, it really I think, you know, diversifies our brand uh in our second year. It really opens up the door for our fans to understand that baseball is not just a North American or or an American sport that there there is a huge influx of talent coming from Latin America, Central America, uh even parts of Europe and and around the world. And of course, the Cuban story is well known. A lot of our fans already know that Cuba, you know, is the num- it's the fourth best ranked baseball team. Uh, national team in the world. Uh, And this is a phenomenal opportunity to have two of the players that that really symbolize that excellence in the sport playing for us and really bring bring a spark to the team as well um, on and off the field. So we're very lucky.
1: Yeah, it is, and also since that you do bring, since the champions are going to be bringing uh, the Cuban national team to Ottawa, it's going to be nice to know that you know fans have something to look forward to coming into this summer, and, and it's going to be in a couple of weeks, actually June 17th, 18, and 19. So uh, everyone must be very excited at this point, David.
3: We are. Uh, I think uh, I think at this point, every suite is sold out for all three games. Okay. Uh, we're getting a lot of ticket uh, requests, of course. Uh, people are getting very excited. Uh, it, it, it's amazing how quickly it's come up. It's in uh, two 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 and a half weeks. Wow. And, and then right after that, we don't talk about this very much, but we have the Shukuku Island All-Stars coming in from Japan, who we had here last year, and that was also phenomenal, good quality baseball. And that's really the message, I think, for our fans is, you know, Again, fun family, affordable entertainment uh, at, at great ticket prices with good quality baseball on the field, uh, reflected through the Cubans, reflected through the Japanese, and of course, first and foremost, reflected with our players.
1: And during that series, David, what can we expect from not only on the field but off the field? Is there any uh, ceremonial first pitch uh, You know, guys coming in to throw out the ceremonial first pitch? Is there anything going to be yeah. going on around the stadium? What, what can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, we're going to have a very Cuban-themed uh, three days. The ambassador will be there, I believe, for all three games. We, we, as you know, you were there when we, we announced the Cuban series. Mm-hmm. The ambassador is very supportive. I believe the two guys visited the ambassador actually yesterday at the embassy so the ambassador will be heavily involved we've got the cuban community involved i I think uh you know for our fans they'll enjoy the pregame pomp and circumstance this is ottawa after all we we love pomp and circumstance and we love uh you know that the influx of diplomats are in this city and elected officials and dignitaries so we're promising a lot of fun on and off the field for the fans
1: yeah and of course it's David Gourley joining us here on Around the Diamond, president of the Ottawa Champions. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at David Gourley. And you've been very active on on Twitter uh, about this, about the new uh, Champions beer that you've kind of brought in. How, is, how important is it to, to kind of bring that into the, uh, the Champions uh, brand itself?
3: Well, again, this is about momentum. Everything about second year, Dante is about momentum. And how wonderful and how amazing is it that we have the freedom and independence because we are in an independent league to design our own partnerships. Um, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be food concessions, lacage or the beer with Kichisipi and Clock Tower, for us to have this is a historic first. I don't know if your your audience knows this. This is the first time two craft beer uh vendors in Ottawa have collaborated together to make a beer that's specially designed and branded for a professional sports team. The mayor brought a certificate to thank Kitchissippi and Clock Tower acknowledging that historic first. So we're very proud of that. I mean it's it's a source of pride that fans can enjoy a light beer at the ballpark only available at the ballpark yes. hands it's available in draft at the Chateau Lafayette. And you know I give full credit to Kitchissippi and Clock Tower for for being pioneers and being innovators with us because we really want to show fans that you know this is a sustainable product that we've put on the field uh, and we have the partnerships to prove it. These are organizations local businesses that we're supporting that believe in our brand over the long term.
1: Yeah, and David, it must be nice to know that you do have two excellent local breweries kind of putting their ideas together with the champions in order to make this beer, of course.
3: Absolutely. Uh, And and to go back to the work I've done over four years, I I met these guys at the Clock Tower in Kitchissippi, almost four years ago when i started the advocacy uh... those those are the community partnerships that i'm i'm speaking about and you build those relationships over the long term you develop the level of trust uh, and then you ensure that they're at the table when it's time to start talking about, you know, opportunities. Uh, and that's exactly what we've done. And uh, I'm very proud of of them and, and others. Sambat uh, is a huge one as well. Yeah. Uh, I met uh, Arlene and Jim and Sam and the whole crowd at Sambat for four plus years ago. And and you know we use their bats. They're our official bat, and they're a community business. Not many people know the story. Three mm-hmm. but one third of. Uh, Major League Baseball players use sand bats made right here in the National Capital Region. That's yeah. that's pretty cool, you know? <laughs> it is.
1: It is, David. And I actually had a chance to go for a tour and meet with Arlene, of course, to get her on uh, to do a little bit of sponsorship <clears throat> with the radio broadcast, which was really nice to do that. And just to see, you know, how they... When I went there, they were making Ryan Braun's bat that he had ordered mm-hmm. uh, during spring training when I had went and uh, took a tour. But, of course, uh, one thing that people have been talking about that's kind of caught my ear is the... Uh, Father's Day promotion that you guys are going to be doing. Can you talk about that? Uh, what's going to be going on Father's Day here in, uh, at the Ottawa Champions Ballpark? Yep.
3: Absolutely. Again, another very proud partnership that just joined us this year Hydro Ottawa. They're mm-hmm. doing a That's So Dad uh, Twitter campaign, Facebook and Twitter social media campaign. Uh, and the idea there is tell your story. Tell your story, whether you're a daughter, whether you're, it doesn't matter. Tell your story about your father, uh, your son or daughter. And it's really a compelling campaign that really speaks to family values, which is so important in this city, in this community. And it's really important for. us, Dante, because that's the kind of of culture that we offer, that's the kind of environment that we offer at the ballpark, where families can come and enjoy themselves, uh, and what better day to do that on a Mother's Day or a Father's Day, or, or holidays generally. And so we're very proud that Hydro Ottawa, again, creative, innovator. Uh, put that campaign together, uh, proposed it to us, and of course, you know, we, we loved it. And it was so nice to have partners that are so creative come to the table uh, with good ideas because they believe so passionately in our brand.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and and it's nice to know that you do have that little bit of that connection because baseball is a father-son sport. I've always kind of thought of mm-hmm. it that way. You play catcher for your dad. That's how you, you learn how to play the game because it's so relaxed, and you mentioned earlier that it's a, a romantic sport. Uh, but one thing that I want to talk about, David, um, before we wrap things up is that baseball is is a sport that needs to be more appealing to kids in this city. And I think that you guys have really done that very well at the ballpark, you know, making the bouncy castle. You had Star Wars night the other night. David, I brought my cousins to the game, and they had an absolute blast running around. Uh, They got to meet some of the players. It's been a really nice kids environment at the ballpark, and that must be something that you focused on as well to be appealing not only for kids uh, but for the uh, older generation as well.
3: That's right, absolutely. And, and our front office uh, takes, you know, all they, they do all the work, and they, they deserve all the credit for this. Uh, they, they have put together a fantastic promotional schedule for every game. Every game this year we yeah. have something going on uh, that, that really appeals to kids, uh, appeals to families, uh, because it breaks my heart to say it. Both our hearts would be broken to hear this, Dante, but yeah. it's not all about baseball.
4: Okay, no, it's, it's not. not.
3: all about what's going on on the field. You and I are watching the run runner on second with a 3-2 count and a left-hander pitcher versus the right-handed batter and what's going to happen. But a lot of kids, they lose their attention span Uh, after a couple of innings. They want to run around. They want to catch foul balls. They want some good food. Uh, You know, they want to be with their friends. So we have an obligation to provide that to, to keep people at the ballpark after they've paid their admission fee. And that is something, you know, by the way, we will always be working to improve that. There is no fixed solution that will work forever. Thank <laughs> Um, I've toured a lot of ballparks over the last four years uh, down in Florida with my family or, or, you know, whether it be Detroit or Chicago. I've picked up a lot of good lessons uh, and tips from, from other owners, from other presidents that I've spoken to. And there's, there's a lot out there. And we don't need to do it all at once, by the way. We, we, we want to stagger things out. We want to, once we build our base a little more, we'll be doing a lot more of those types of things. And we're really excited about what we can do for families.
1: And of course, David, before we go, uh, you must be pretty surprised with how many home runs were hit in the last uh, five-game series uh, between the Ottawa Champions and the Jackals. I believe that there was more home runs hit in that series than there there were uh, halfway through last season in such a big ballpark. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I actually thought there were more home runs hit in five games than there were all of last year. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed the ball was just flying out both by New Jersey and by us and, and Danny. I mean, Danny Grauer, uh, I, I can't get over opening night uh, walk off home run. What a great way to end our first game or the, the home opener of our second season. Um, part of this is, is a challenge for us because we are a AAA park. We were built for AAA baseball, one level below the major leagues, and and you know we're at the independent level right now. So Miles and I are, are being entrepreneurs and we're being innovative. Those are two terms that I've mentioned a lot in this interview and I will continue to talk about over time. Uh, we're, we're looking at different things that we can do to perhaps bring fences in or things of that nature that will give the game a little more excitement. I don't think we'll see any changes this year, uh, but we're certainly talking about those things in future years because people love home runs. So I'd love to see a couple of balls go on the Coventry Road, particularly yes. from the Ottawa Champions.
1: Yeah because you know the New Jersey Jackals were hitting all the home runs last series and of course Danny Grower's walk-off home run must have been it must have been nice to see that uh from from where you were sitting and and the way the fans got to enjoy that home run David
3: it, it, it was the crack of the bat. I, I was actually upstairs. I was, I was uh, showing somebody the big restaurant that we have. I was working. Um, I was showing somebody the, the restaurant uh, for a private group opportunity and, and I was watching the game out of one eye and all I heard was the crack of the bat, which is such a beautiful thing in baseball. And as soon as I, I heard that crack, I looked down on the field and, and the rest is history. So what a, what a phenomenal moment for our history.
1: Absolutely, David. And uh, once again, I appreciate you joining me on Around the Diamond. It's been a real pleasure uh, having you on. And I also want to thank you for how supportive you've been of my show, you know, uh, retweeting my show, talking about it on Twitter and, and the whole bunch. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much.
3: My pleasure, Dante. Great to have you as part of the team.
1: That was Ottawa Champions president and co-owner David Gurley. It was a real pleasure to have him on the show, and, and I've been a real fan of his work and everything that he's done in the Ottawa community, how he spends time at schools and does the, the whole the whole thing with the champions, if it, if it wasn't for him. And, of course, the staff here in Ottawa, the champions wouldn't be a thing, and he's been a great part of that community. But, of course, coming up next, I'm going to play for you the uh, Ottawa Champions press conference when they first welcomed Alexander Meletta and Donel Duarte to Ottawa and to the Ottawa Champions that's all here coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ
3: 107.9 Hey this is Daniel
5: Bick from the
6: Ottawa Champions Baseball Club and you're listening to the Ottawa Champions on CKDJ 107.9
1: Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. Of course, David Gourley was on for our last segment. He spent almost half an hour talking to us. We appreciate him coming on. Of course, you can buy tickets at the RCGT box office. They're only $12. The ballpark is a great atmosphere that you should definitely check out. But this segment is uh, focusing on the Cuban, uh, introducing the two Cubans that are going to be coming to Ottawa, the Alexander Meletta and Donel Duarte, who have, excuse me, have actually arrived in Ottawa and are ready to play in the next series against Sussex. Of course, we'll have a full recap on that in our next edition of Around the Diamond. But I'm going to go ahead and play for you the press conference that I had a chance to attend and interview these two wonderful Cubans, Alexander Meletta and Donel Duarte. That's right here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Have a listen.
4: One, we think it'll help the t- team, but two, I think it's just a great you know, story for us, uh, the opening of Cuba, and that we're able to get some really... Great Cuban baseball players to play for the champions. So it's just a, an exciting time. Uh, we can't put them on the roster yet because it, we don't have their U.S. visa. Uh, so we hope within the next two or three days we'll get a, the visa for them and be able to send them to New York. But again, governments work in different ways and we'll find out. Uh, but no, it's just a great time for us. And I think, you know, how come up and to tell them what they can do for the team.
5: Well, I, th- I think it's great for the league. Uh, it's great for the uh, uh, Champions organization and for myself. I cannot be more pleased to, to add two quality people Two good ball players. They've got their experience. They've been playing a, a you know a, a long time and as soon as we uh, Get them in the lineup the better for me. <laughs> and our ball club because they're gonna add something because um, you know they played on the national team and a national team and um, as soon as we can get the visas uh, they're going to be in the starting lineup and again they will add experience to our ball club and we've got two fine people here uh, talk to the translator and they're willing to help any in any way that they possibly can so I'm very happy to, to, to have them on my
7: ball club. Do they add, uh, like, uh, like, of course, batting skills, but also defensive? Uh, defensive? Both. Both?
5: Uh, they took batting practice uh, in the cage today. Tomorrow we're going to hit on the field. Uh, they took ground ball today. Um, probably both of them have not played in three or four weeks live uh, game situation. But, again, they've been working out.
1: How uh, in a short time that you did see them today? What did you like from their play?
5: Well, I, again, they, they just took batting practice, you know, today. Uh, both of them are probably a little rusty, but they swung the bat good. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to getting them in the lineup, and I know that they're going to add to our offense, and that's what we need right at this particular time.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Any thanks. Thanks. There's Quebec got three.
4: Okay. what's the deal? With, how come you guys get them? How does um. that work? <laughs> Well, Quebec has been had players for two years, yeah. and it was sort of the test to see, you know, for the Cuban Baseball Federation, Cuban government, could players come from Cuba play in both Canada and the US uh, and how it would work. So they tried that for two years. Mm-hmm. Now they are expanding it. Want to you know expanded by one team uh, with the Cuban embassy being here, they felt comfortable being able to send their players here. Um, You know, it's I think it's 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 still a test going on. How you know as the doors open for Cuban baseball players to come to North America, particularly the U.S. if the embargo gets lifted you know, this is all preparation, and there you know, it's, it's. how does it work? And, you know, okay, it worked in Quebec, okay. now can it work in two cities? Okay. And we'll see how it goes. So, yeah,
7: same question. Uh, mm-hmm. How, how, how uh, did they... How does this work? Uh, do, do, they, is this, do
0: they have to apply to come over here? Or is there a lot of interest from Cuban players to come in this league?
6: How did this work? Is it application for come to in Canada? How process? <laughs> and if there are other Cuban players who want to come to in a league? Well, as the
7: explained, they the like like, like
6: explained the, the boss uh, Miles that there was a uh, discussion between the Cuban Federation uh, of Baseball and,
7: and the league here
6: they were very lucky to be uh, selected and they're very happy to be here
8: he said he said
6: He's sure that there will be other Cuban baseball players that would be happy to come and, and play in this league and, and help their teams and, and play in the Canadian League, the
7: League. We
6: have a very good opinion of this league from the uh, players that have played uh, previously.
8: Mm-hmm.
6: Very happy to be here playing uh, for the uh, Ottawa team. And, and we're here to help in whatever whatever we need to do uh,
1: how nice is it to kind of come in this team and know that there's a couple other Latin players on the team does it help and uh, what do you, what do they like about it
6: ¿qué pareció que hay otro jugador latino en el equipo? ¿la ha
7: ayudado tener otros jugadores? Sí Orientado porque esto es algo nuevo para nosotros, ¿no?
6: Yes, it helped as soon as uh, we came, we were able to communicate and uh, was, everything is new to us, so it, was, uh, it helped definitely uh, to communicate.
8: It's equipo good team. muy bien los team muy compacto y pensamos que este año puede caminar un poco más La
6: Liga. He said it's a, it's a team that uh, the, the, the get along gets along well, and uh, they've noticed that, and uh, they're here to to, to help them, um, best they can. What
1: was, what was it like to play for your, uh, for Cuba at the national stage and, and help their, the team win bronze and and just you know play against all the other countries in the world? ¿Cómo
6: fue la experiencia jugando por el equipo nacional y ayudando al equipo a ganar medallas de bronce y y en campeonatos internacionales?
7: Algo muy interesante, ¿no? Creo que en el equipo nacional es es que estamos acostumbrados a defender la camiseta donde quiera que estemos, ¿no? Ahora nos toca defender esta camiseta de los campeones he said it, it
6: was a very interesting experience, very great experience, and they're used to um, uh, defending the jersey that they wear, um, and now it's uh, their turn to, to play for the uh, the Ottawa team, and it's going to be a very interesting experience when the national team comes to play them uh, in a couple of weeks.
8: Hey. Oh, go ahead defender nosotros defendemos estaba en el equipo nacional y ahora vamos a defender esta camiseta como si fuera de nuestro país que es lo que sabemos hacer luchar por la camiseta que tenemos en estos momentos le toca champions otawa es nuestro
6: equipo we, we you know we're used to representing the Cuban national team and that's what we've done and now it's our turn to represent the team that we're on the uh,
0: the Ottawa team are there any big differences that you guys have seen already from the baseball in Cuba to the baseball in Canada? Uh, it, it's, it's hard to say, well, you've only been here for, for a day or so, but are there any big differences that you've seen so far?
6: Have you seen some differences between the pelota that they play in Cuba and the pelota here? Sabiendo que nada más que estuvieron aquí un día nada más hasta ahora, have
7: you seen something? Un día eh, es muy poco tiempo ¿no? pa, para decir, pero sí vemos que la liga tiene mucha calidad no está bastante parecida a la de nosotros pensamos en incentivarlo hacerlo lo mejor posible
6: they Be- they haven't had uh, much time uh, but mm-hmm. they they they've noticed that it's a quality league and it's uh, similar to the uh, the national league
8: como digo mi compañero en un día no podemos descifrar de pero ayer vimos un buen partido eh uh, eh begolle parecido a de nosotros igual y nosotros venemos mi compañero y yo a jugar como se juega pelota en Cuba que hay igual como se juega en Canadá
6: I like my teammate said we haven't had a lot of time uh, yet but we saw a very good game yesterday and um uh we're here to uh
1: you know help our team um What was it like to have the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays come to Havana, Cuba? And, and play the national team and, you know, to see all those major league guys like Evan Longoria and play against a major league team, what was the experience like?
6: ¿Cómo fue la experiencia cuando vinieron uh, los Rays de Tampa Bay a jugar contra el equipo nacional en Cuba y jugar, jugar contra, con, con
7: uh, jugaderos como uh, Evan Longoria? Uh, y, uh, fue una, <laughs> una gran oportunidad, ¿no? Creo que... It was a great and a
6: grand experience uh, any uh, Any player who hasn't had a chance to play in the league or against the league would um, would love the opportunity to play and to play against a player like Ivan uh, Longoria. was a great experience <laughs> <laughs>
0: If uh, if, these, if they were like uh, Dominican from the Dominican Republic or the U.S., do they think they would have had a very strong shot in playing the major league baseball as
7: players?
6: Si fuera si ustedes fueran de la Dominicana o de los Estados Unidos, usted ustedes piensan que pudieran jugar en las Grandes
7: Ligas? Uh. <laughs> 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 it's the dream. Todo que juega béisbol. No forzado, hecho más nadie sabe si grandes
6: That's everyone's dream. Uh, you know, we would have done the best that we could, the best of our ability, but you know, nobody would know whether we could uh, make the, the the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: about motivation? What, what is the biggest motivation to come
6: over here? Motivación. ¿Cuál fue la más grande motivación para ustedes venir para acá?
7: Bueno, eh, tener esta oportunidad de, de jugar beisbol profesional eh, Fuera de, de nuestro país, ¿no? Que siempre habíamos jugado dentro de nuestro país, ¿no? Eh, estamos ansiosos de vivir la experiencia esta eh, Siempre con el deseo de, de aportar, de ayudar, de aprender ¿no? y, y de buscar una clasificación para los playas
6: the opportunity to play in a professional league, uh, we played in Cuba and an experienced to play in a, in a professional league and to help and um, guide and also learn from uh, the team here and help the team make the playoffs.
8: Okay,
5: we have
8: time for one more question. Um, Did you have an answer? To that? Oh, sorry. Nosotros, yeah. <laughs> de salir la jugar internacional fuera ya que habíamos jugado todo el tiempo en Cuba y para nosotros hacer una cosa bien linda y nos vamos a divertir y vamos a tener muchas victorias y vamos a alegrar al pueblo Puerto que se merece las victorias de su equipo.
6: It was a great experience to be a, a great honor to be selected and um uh, something that's going to be uh, very beautiful, and uh, uh, we're going to win lots and, and and help the team as best as we can.
1: And now that you do talk about how baseball is like in Cuba, how, what did, what was the experience like playing baseball for I guess how many years you know for almost 20 years in in the in Cuba and, uh, and how it's in your blood and how you love the game so much.
6: Si pueden hablar de la experiencia jugando jugando pelota en Cuba es una dijo dijo por más de 20 años y es una cosa que es en la sangre de uno así uh, si podrían hablar de, de esa experiencia de jugar tanto tiempo en Cuba
8: en Cuba es un béisbol muy fuerte nosotros llevamos tiempo jugando en ese béisbol él juega con industriales y yo con Pinas de Arriba y somos rivales pero nos llevamos bien es un béisbol que se juega muy fuerte con mucha garra eh, in
6: Cuba, it's a very strong baseball, um, and, uh, and he plays for Pinal de Rio, mm. and he plays for Industriales, so they're rivals, but they do get along well, <laughs> and uh, it is a strong baseball, and, uh, and, and that's the way that they like it.
8: de <laughs> <laughs> los Cuba de toda
6: they're the two best teams in the Cuban League, and uh, uh, for for a long time, and they're the ones that have won the most championships between them.
1: That was the Cuban press conference at RCGT Park. Miles Wolf was great uh, to have him in attendance. Same with Hal Lanier and, and Alexander Merletta and Donel Tuarte. Also, want to thank the translator who was in attendance uh, at the press conference. He was a huge help. I don't remember his name, but. Uh, I thank him so much for for joining us at the press conference and translating for us exactly what uh, what Maletta and Duarte were saying. But with that being said, we're going to wrap up this edition of Around the Diamond. Next week, we will have Mike Nellis and Corey Mess back in studio. We might actually have uh, Jordan Pearson, who is another colleague, uh, former colleague at Around the Diamond, or sorry, uh, at CKDJ1079. as He actually just graduated here at the college. Uh, but we'll be calling some games with me in the next series against Sussex in Ottawa. We're looking forward to having him uh, on the broadcast team, and it's going to be great to hear his voice here on this show as we're still working on some guests for next week. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante for more updates. You can follow David Gourley at David Gourley, and you can follow Tao of Steve at Tao of Steve. Check out my SoundCloud as I post all of the past episodes, and as soon as uh, these episodes air on Saturday, or if you're listening on Sunday, I do post it um, Monday afternoon Uh, So every Monday afternoon, I post the episode right after it airs on the weekend. That's at my SoundCloud. Diamond Dante Audio, you can check it out there. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Around the Diamond. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. The official show of local baseball in Ottawa and the Ottawa Champions.